All right, Ein Yaakov is very interesting. Um, I was doing a little bit of research before I decided, you know, to give the class and uh, find some interesting things about it. So Ein Yaakov is basically taking all the Agadot, the non-Halacha parts of the Talmud, like the stories, the lessons, the certain, you know, ideas that, you know, the Talmud talks about, but it's not actually pertaining to the Halacha, like what the Shulchan Aruch is based on. It's everything else. Uh, and p- compiled it into a um, into a, a set of uh, of, uh, of books called Enyakov. The reason why it's called Enyakov is because the person who who compiled it, his name was <coughs> Yaakov Ben Shloma Ben Chabib. He was born in Spain during the Spanish Inquisition, or right by the Spanish, in 1492. He died in Solinka. Uh, Solunka, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Greece in 1516. Um, if that's correct, I mean, he didn't live a very long life, if that makes sense. I mean, maybe maybe he was born in the earlier years, but he died in 1516, and maybe he started writing it in 1492, and his he only wrote the... So the, the Talmud is split up into six... Uh, six darim, six... Um, how do you pronounce, say that, like... Six, volumes. six, not volumes, uh, sections. sections, parts. There's, say, there's Roim, which talks about how someone maintains his field and all the rules of uh, the halachot pertaining to agriculture. Then there's Seder Moed, which pertains to the holidays, Seder Nashim pertaining to uh, marriage and divorce and things of that nature. And then there's uh, Seder uh, Nizikin, which prefers to damages uh, between, uh, you know, how some business and, and the way damages. Then there is, uh, I'm not going in order, then there is Tara, which is, um, which pertains to purity and impurity. So what do we go through? Zrayim, Mayid, Nashim, Nizikin, Tara, and we're missing one. Then there is... Um, it'll come to me. Um, this is what happens when you're out of uh, yeshiva for a long time. This is a different division than the Mishnah, right? What do you mean? As far as like the Masechtot? Like, no, within the Masechtot. So in Zroim you have Brachot, uh, you have Brachot, uh, other Masechtot, then you have in Moed, you have Shabbos, you have Shabbos, you have Psachim, you have Talks about all the holidays. Each each holiday would have its own tractate. So like that would be a nizikin. Nizikin. So actually, Baba Metziah, Baba Kama, Baba Basra was one mesechta and used to be one tractate. It used to be called nizikin actually, and because it was so so large, they split it into three three volumes. So that's so in his so in his introduction, Yaakov Emin Chabib writes that that when he wrote the Ein Yaakov, he wrote it about, uh, he based it on like why, why he chose certain sections of the in the Talmud to, to put down into Likud, because he bl- broke it out into 13 uh, ideas, which is uh, 12, 12 categories, sorry, not 13, 12 categories, which is made up of seven, um, seven things that were created before creation, which is mentioned in Pirkei de Rabbi Lezer, and then there's the three things that the world stands on and three things that the world exists on. So the seven things that were created before before creation was the Torah, and it actually says that the interesting thing about that the Torah was written on, written with black fire on white fire, whatever that means. Um, the Kisei HaKavah, the divine throne of God, Gan Eden, Gehenim, 
paradise and hell, based the base amigdash, tshuva, the concept of repentance, shmoishal Mashiach, the name of uh, of Mashiach. Those are the seven things that were created before, and then the three things that the world stands on is. Oh, what do you mean about Beit Hamikdash was created? Before? The Beit Hamikdash was created before uh, prototype. Either the prototype, or it says that the third temple is going to come down from the heavens. Oh. So it's referring to the third temple. The, one, the two that were created, then they, they were built. Or men built. They were man. They were they were built by man. Yes. Um, then there's the. Then there's the three things that the that we know from Parakevus. Three things the world stands on: Torah, learning Torah, Avoda, uh, davening, praying, and Gimel's Chasad and being charitable. And then there's the three things the world that world exists that it needs to stand on to exist is Din, Shalom, and Emes. That you need to have judgment, you need to have peace, and you need to have truth. With those things, three. If you know, if you're missing those three things, so so those are so basically. Um, will we fi- will we be able to find a connection with everything that we learn in Yaakov connected with one of those twelve things? We could try and see if we'll be successful, but that's that's what he mentions in the introduction. Also to note that the Yaakov was kind of like a living uh, collection. Other people also added things to it. It wasn't just it wasn't just um, Yaakov Yaakov ben Shlomo ben Chabib and his son. It was also other people. That you know felt that other parts of the Talmud that were missing should uh, sh- that that uh, of the Agadot that should be added, they went ahead, ahead and added. So they they gave them permission. Him uh, him and his son gave them permission to I, add to their. They, I don't think they volume. they said that. There, there's no. I, I didn't see anywhere where it says that they had um, that they said that this is what it should be and there, it should it's a closed book. It was more of like we're starting a project and if you find other things, feel free to 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 add to it. It wasn't like. If you're if you're going to add to it, don't call it Ein Yaakov anymore. It's a good question. I I mean, nobody really uh, you know. And of the of the seven, you said <laughs> the seven uh, volumes or <clears throat> the categories that it sounded like there there is halacha. You know, some of it is halacha and not just stories. You know, the missing. So it's not so much halacha. You won't really. You can't. You can't a uh, derive a halacha from here. Like you cannot say. By, you, by learning this, you cannot say that this is permissible and this is in, not permissible from learning the Haggadah. You have to actually learn the Gemara and then obviously learn the Shulchan Aruch. You, cannot, you can't derive anything from here. Will there be halachot in here? Probably. Will we find different ideas, different concepts? Yes. Um, um, you know, maybe even while we start learning, we, we might we might come across we might come across the concept of you know certain halachot, but we're not going to actually come to a conclusion of what that halakha is and what whether it's permissible or or not permissible. And the purpose of them writing this was to expound upon those stories or just to separate them so you don't have to, you know, that you don't get lost in the Talmud and if you just want stories, you can read this book. So it's not so much about stories. So it's interesting. Part of the idea of learning is that is to to understand the idea of the idea of the Ein Yaakov is that there's one way that you know the you know the halacha of what to do, and then there's just knowing what, what our purpose, so to speak. This gives kind of a life and the soul. This gives us kind of the life and the soul of the Talmud. This is mm-hmm. like you know this is what gives us a purpose and, and life and 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 um, an encouragement, so to speak, to to continue to continue learning and to understand that it. it's more like the. Is the 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 
the life of it, so to speak. Um, the the ju- the 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 color, the, viv- the flavor, viv- the, what's the word? The interesting stuff. Yeah, the interesting stuff, exactly. So people would read this for like bedtime, like uh, nice, easier, a little bit easier. It's than easier, yes, you, you can. So you know, um, so I wrote I wrote over here. Um, um, so, so, people, so the purpose of learning from this is you recognize the Torah and the way of, it, of this creator. Basically, it brings down interesting things like wh- wh- why certain things are a certain way. And, and we'll get into it and, and you'll see a lot of like anecdotes very similar to Pirkei Avos. Mm-hmm. You'll find a lot of things that are similar like life lessons, mm-hmm. ways, ways one should conduct their life and how they should, and how they should uh, you know, like there's a, there's a uh, we're, we're actually going to learn about um, the, the concept of one should not... Um, rush into things people should take things slowly you know when you rush things it, 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 it could backfire like how one should conduct their life in a you know in a purposeful uh way that's really what uh, really what it's what it's about and again let's let's get into it and then we could actually see um how how it pertains and whether whether it's something that you know we could learn from so so the way we're going to learn it is um, I printed out in Hebrew and in English. I'm going to, it's going to be more of a text base where I'll be just, I'll read it in Hebrew and then translate it. Um, if you have any questions and then I'll give some insights um, into certain things. If you have questions, feel free to ask. I promise you I won't have all the answers and uh, we could always uh, look them up afterwards. So, so it starts, so this, so now the question is, so, 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 the, so the, Gemara, the Gemara starts off with Mesechta's Brachos, is the first Mesechta. So obviously the Enyakiv also starts off. This we started off with Mesechta's Erevin, which is four, three Mesechta's, uh, Brachos, Shabbos, Erevin, is the third Mesechta. Uh, the reason why I started Erevin is because the person I started learning this with who inspired me to do this, uh, bought this volume by mistake. So uh, I started learning this with him, and I figured let's finish. Let's we'll learn through this uh, this masech, and then we could decide if we want to go back and start with brachot or continue. Or again, it's not like there's any you know you can start wherever you want really. There's no like, but we're starting with masech this erevin. So, anyways, so if you, we'll start off. So the so the, so the Gadata just again it takes just parts from the from from the Gemara that are that aren't halachic halachic. Uh, um, thing. So, so, so the Gemara starts off. Do you find? Do we find that the Mishka, that the Mikdash is called the Mishkan and the Mishkan is called the Mikdash? So, the Mikdash is referring to the Holy Temple, the Beta Mikdash that was built, the Holy Temple that was built in Israel, that was built by Solomon and then by Ezra. And the first temple built by Solomon, second temple built by Ezra. And then you have the Mishkan, which was a, and that was a, the Mikdash, the Beis Mikdash was a permanent dwelling place. It's, it, it didn't move. Then, at, then you had the Mishkan, which was the, which Moses built in the desert. And that was a movable thing that moved from place to place. So we're trying to understand, do we find places where the Mikdash, uh, a, a permanent place is called a Mishkan, which is, so to speak, a resting place? And are the names interchangeable? So... The Gemara says, "Bishlem and Mikdash deikir Mishkan dechsiv nasati Mishkeni b'seicham." We could say that the Mikdash is called a Mishkan because it says that I will in the future rest in it. So it's referring to it's talking about when the Jews were in the desert and the Mishkan was already built, and it says that I will dwell in it in the future. So which Mishkan are we talking about in the future? We're obviously talking about the Bet Hamikdash, the, the the Holy Temple. Then in the future, the Holy te- that. 
God will also rest in the holy temple, not just in this migda, in the in the Mishkan in the in the desert, but also the Mikdash in Jerusalem when in four hundred and four hundred years later. So you're getting you're getting ahead you're at you're you're getting ahead. It's the same concept. But yes, you, you, Mishkan is general. That's what we're, that's what we're going to conclude with. So that's so let's get Ela Mishkan the Ikar Mikdash Minal. And where do we know that the Mishkan, that the resting place in the in the in the desert, is called Mikdash? If it's from where it says that the Kahatim, the 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 in when the Jews were in the desert, the tribe of Levi had three three uh, they had three children. There was three. The, the tribe of Levi was split up into three sub tribes. There was the Merari, Gershuni, and Kahasi. They each took on a certain part in carrying the tabernacle from place to place. And the Kahasim were the ones that carried the vessels of the temple. The, Gershon, the, the tribe of Gershon carried the, the beams, the Krushim of the Mishkan that made up the walls of the, of the tabernacle. And the Merarim, they, Memorites, I don't know how to pronounce it, they carried the, the coverings, the, the coverings of the Mishkan. And the Kahasim, the roof, like the, the, the fabrics that covered over the, the Mishkan, the, the tabernacle. And the Kahasim, they carried the, they carried the 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 the, the aron, the aron, the the shulchan, the table, the menorah. They carried the actual vessels that went into the mishkan. They carried the ark. They carried the ark, yes, the ark and the ark, yes. Why were they giving that? I mean, like because they were they were the they were the, the close. There was there was a hierarchy. There was a hierarchy. So the, the three sons? between the three sons and the Kahasim were so to speak. Uh, I believe Moshe and Aaron came from. The Kahasim as well, so it's part of that. Uh, there's a, there's always a hierarchy. So um, so Kahasim Mishkan So it says that the Kahasim they carry the, the 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 holiness and they and they established it once the Mikdash came. They put the, the the they put the vessels in in the Mishkan. So the Gemara says you can't. So so we see the word Mikdash pertaining to the Mishkan, right? This is talking about the kahasim, the the kahasim carrying the the tabernacle, and they what carrying the the vessels for the tabernacle, and he uses the word mikdash. So the Gemara answers, "Ahuba aringsiv." That's referring to the ark, since the ark is the holiest. Kadosh, uh, mikdash also comes from the word kadosh. Kadosh means holy. So since the ark is the holiest vessel uh, that goes into the temple, since they were the ones that were carrying it, so therefore he uses the word holy. Not that it's referring to the actual temple. In Jerusalem, so the Gemara answers like uh, like Oded uh, jumped ahead. That I will make for you a a, a, a mikdash and I make for me a mikdash and I will dwell dwell in there. And that pasuk is referring to the actual building of the mishkan. And we see clearly that the word mishkan is referring to the word dwelling. Um, so interesting. Um, Interesting that some the commentaries they, they they like what's the point of the Mishkan and the Mikdash like like okay so the, what so they're interchangeable not interchangeable so I saw somebody somebody writes that um, that you have that that somebody's uh, so to speak someone's love so you can have so to speak a temporary love and you can have like a permanent love so a temporary love is like when you first start dating and when you when you first start getting together which that's like the Mishkan. And then once you get married, you have more of a temporary love. It might not be as uh, more, permanent, you mean. more permanent love. It might not be as intense as you know, uh, as but 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 the love is a much stronger and, and love. So 
So what, the, what we're trying to say is that God's presence, whether it was in the Mishkan or whether it was in the Mikdash, what had, was, the same, was the same love that he had towards the Jews. And, and even though technically the Mishkan was only a temporary structure and the Mikdash was a, uh, physical, uh, a permanent structure which lasted uh, over, eight, over 800 years, um, etc. So that's, that's one little part. Then we continue. Amri, so, Amri, so, that, so you said that... Um, God's love dwelled in both places. Correct. So what, what is the difference in the type? So of we're saying that there is no real difference. That's why, no they're, difference. Inter- that's why they're interchangeable. Got it. Just the circumstances at the time required them to be in a tabernacle, in a, in, a, uh, in a movable structure versus a permanent structure. And could it also be that the um, <clears throat> Mikdash, the holiness, when God says, make for yourself a temple, that's obviously internal holiness, so create holiness. So maybe uh, could the mikdash be the actual holiness, and the uh, and then the mishkan is the structure that supports that, that contains the holiness. That, that, that could be a, that could be a, an interpretation uh, that mikdash. <clears throat> and actually, to to allude to what you said, so it says v'asul imidrash v'shachanti v'socham. So in Chassidus, we learn that when it says besocham within, it doesn't mean within you, that every single person could, which could have the Shekhinah, the God rest within them by them doing what, what, what God wants, God will rest within them. And it uses the word Migdash, so that could be a, an interpretation that it means you know, the, within the person versus within, um, within the actual structure. What does the word Mishkan mean? Mishkan means uh, to rest, Shochen, to rest. That's that's the, the the root the root word place where the where, holiness where, rests where the holiness rests. But that that resting was a you know so to speak temporary resting versus mikdash kadosh comes from some from the word permanent like something that is mukdash something that is set aside and made permanent for for that thing. That's where the word the word holiness comes from. Mm-hmm. Something that's set aside. It doesn't mean so to speak holy, but more like set aside for a special purpose, and that's what creates its holiness. That's the root word of mikdash, of kadosh, of holy. Kadosh, yeah. But wouldn't that imply that things that aren't earmarked to be holy aren't holy? But like if you don't set them aside to be holy, so God, I mean, in chassidus and generally we learn that the reason, the purpose that God created us for was for us to make a, a dwelling place for Him. And how do we do that by making things holy? How do we make things holy by setting them aside for Him and doing the way? But when when we say setting aside, when putting it aside, setting it aside for Him that way. He, he is, it's done it for his purpose and it's given a purpose as opposed to just doing it for, for no purpose, so to speak. So that's not being set aside, so therefore it's not holy. Does that we make sense? We can't set something aside and say that, um, that babka is holy and nobody can uh, eat it because I've set it aside. So if you make a bracha, a blessing on it, you set it aside and you ate it, so you ate it for a purpose to be able to serve God. So you set it aside for it to be holy. Actually, you could, for instance, there's halachot, like if you want to bring a sacrifice to the temple, if you set aside a certain animal to, to, be, mm-hmm. to be holy, to bring to the temple, you can now not switch that animal with another animal. If you decide to switch that animal with another animal because you realize maybe that's a better animal or right. you could use that, now both animals need to come to the, right. go, to the, go, to the, go to the temple. So we can, only, can we only um, set aside and make things holy that are related to a mitzvah? Correct. It has to be within the parameters. You cannot set aside a pig to be holy and say, I'm eating the pig to, uh, to serve God. Because God said, obviously gave us parameters as to what, 
is in our capabilities to set aside. We only have, we're limited creatures and we're only given the ability to set aside certain things to make holy. But if it's like fake pig, that really is, like I can't believe it's not Honey Glaze Hauser Company pig. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then it's not then pig. We can, we can, we can, well, we can call it pig, but it's... <laughs> yes, you we, can. <laughs> they have the kosher uh, bacon bits. I guess in like the babka example, would you say that by setting it aside and making it kosher that it becomes then your You're not making it kosher per se, you're just, you're, you're saying that, th that this is, so to speak, helping me with my service to God, so therefore you're making that babka holy for the purpose in helping you serve God. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I guess like the second it becomes kosher, would you say it's earmarked then for a purpose? No, I mean you could eat babka because it's sugarly sweet and delicious and, and you just have a craving, so therefore you're eating the babka. So it's not set aside for holy, it's set aside to, to, uh, to fulfill that craving. <laughs> so in this case, is it holy because you're studying Torah? Or like what, or because you're sharing with people, or like what makes it holy today? Um, well, makes, blessing, no? it's making it's making a blessing and and eating it in order to be able to you know, let's say learn Torah right now, being able to focus and 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 learn and and do do whatever it takes to come closer to God. The thing that I wrote, uh, that I read, as far as like Rasulim Mikdash Veshachanti Betucham, to make some something that is holy. I remember I read something that the Rebbe I think said that even like you can make your house a Mikdash, and he actually went even further and said that if you uh, put in your kids' room like a tzedakah box and uh, you make Jewish it a bed uh, that you make each one of the rooms, you are making it like as a holy space for the kids and the family. I mean, they said like the table where you eat is. Similar to like the Mizbeach at this point, that's why you do the exactly. and all this kind of stuff. And when the kids get punished, it's like more of a quiet, it's even quieter, the, the, the peace is even quieter when they're in timeout. Yeah. Go to your Mikdash and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, little uh, high priests, um, get out of my face or I will slap the holiness right out of you. <laughs> yeah. Now here's an interesting sentence. Uh, Imri inchi kededa de shutfae lo kadira velechamima. That people say that the pot of partners is never cold and is never hot. This, you guys, probably everyone's a lot of you are in business, but that when you have people that are, the literal translation, let's say you have a pot with a partner. Now you both decided that you wanted it to be hot, you want to make yourself tea. You're all deciding that the other person should make should should make should, should get it hot, right? Or that they should turn on the fire, or they should put it in the refrigerator. You don't want to do it. You want the partner to do it, right? Like you never. Whenever you have a, a partnership, it's always it's always it's, you always want the other guy to do the you know the 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 schlepper work. The schlepper work exactly, and you know like what's it called? I was I was a, bad, a long time. There's you know a famous. Uh, so, you know, like, so that's like an interesting thing in partnership. So this is actually, you think like, how did this fall in here? Like, what, what does this have to do with anything? So it's it, this, so I went back. So the Gemara, where it talks about the Halakha, it talks about regarding a, an Eruv, a, uh, a, str a string to connect uh, to, uh, to make it permissible to, to carry. If it's high, it talks about the exact detail. It talk, basically, it talks about if it's, Higher than 20 amis, if you just push it down a little bit or whatever, is it kosher, is, is, it, is it permissible or is it not permissible? And the same thing pertains to a sukkah that's higher than 20 amis. If you push it down a little bit, then it becomes, uh, then it's not more 20 amis. 
So therefore, whether it's kosher or 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 puzzle. So it says by the eruv, it's puzzle that that whether you could push it down or not, irrelevant. It's it's not permissible because uh, it's not permissible. However, a sukkah it is permissible. So the gemara asks why. So the, so the gemara answers because by an eruv, it belongs to the public. Everyone's going to think somebody else is going to push it down. So therefore, the rabbi said it's it's not permissible to begin with because nobody's going to actually push it down. By a sukkah, which it's yours, you're the only one responsible. So if you're going to want to sit in a kosher sukkah, you're going to make sure uh, that, it's kosher. that it's kosher. So we could all thank uh, Rabbi Antopolsky for going around and checking. Uh, right. <laughs> Antopolsky for checking for the air. Is he really? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Fine. Tanya, now we're going to talk about something interesting. That we always know that the... Where are you? Next page. Am I seeing it? Uh-oh. Did he skip a page? That's page two on the bottom. The verses follow. It's one, two, and then one, three. No, it looks like he skipped... Uh, looks like he skipped... Even Olive Gimel, yeah, but this is I'm gonna go you do the vision. Huh. He quotes from the Tanya in the Yaakov? Quotes from the Tanya, what do you mean? Oh no, you just started saying it like Tanya. Oh Tanya Lo'ilam. Tanya is a translation of a um, it looks like he skipped it. Okay. So I'll just I'll just read it inside and you'll have to follow along. Um Where is that? It's a lot of huh. Okay, next time I have to review it. You know, talking about asking somebody else to do something. Um, Never have a partner. <laughs> um, okay, so it looks like we... we uh, Alright, so we'll, I'll just read it inside. Tanya lo'ilam halacha kebe silo varoitza lasis kedivir beishame oisa. That we should always know that the halacha is like Basilal. So there's two houses in, in the Talmud in general. There's these two uh, schools of thought. There's a school of thought like Basilal, and there's a school of thought like Beishami. Beishami was always known to be stringent. Basilal was always known to be more lenient whenever it came to any disputes. And we should always know that the halacha goes according to Basilal, which was more lenient. Um, why, why does it? So we're actually going to discuss that. Mm-hmm. We're going to, later on, we're going to discuss why we go according to Beis and which is very interesting. So, so it says, If somebody wants to go according to the stringencies like Beis they could do. If somebody wants to go according to the leniencies of Beis they should do it. But, Somebody who does the leniencies of Beis and the leniencies of Beis is considered a wicked man. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like you ask one rabbi for an answer, he doesn't give you the right answer. You go to, you go to the other rabbi, they'll give you the right answer. Or you have your rabbi that you ask these questions and you have a rabbi that you ask the other questions. Uh, like if you want to become a Kohen or something, you just keep going. Just, okay. But that's <laughs> the right answer. today. Like if somebody wants to write this Hanukkah 8 and then 7 and then 6, like Bet Shammai, will that be fine? I mean, I mean like halachically okay? It's a good question. We actually discuss at the end of the day, the halacha is like Beis Hillel. But if you're going to decide to do that, then I'm sure it'll be okay because all the other things that you're going to have to do on top of that, I'm not so sure you're going to want to go with. So we assume everybody's going to want to go with the Hal- with Beis Hillel. No, you're saying that if you pick Bet Shammai, you need to do all you, the halachot? Exactly. Ah, okay. That's what we're saying. So you can't just, we're saying. No, this is not easy or hard. I mean, but let's say you think that Bet Shammai was actually, you know, 
more no, so it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You, that that's where the Shulchan Aruch comes in and says that no, this is because the Shulchan Aruch does. There are certain halachot that we do go according to Beis and not like Beis But as an individual, if you're going to want to choose one over the other, you need to go with everything like he says or everything like he says. So then why is it okay that you said the Chacha sometimes picks and chooses instead of no? So that's already because that's that's the way the rabbis decided and it's tradition and the way it's given over and. They're a lot wiser, and you know, and they came to that that conclusion. But you know, at the end of the day, it's how the halacha determines, based on their rationale, why we go one way or the other. So, so like we said, so mikuli beishamai, mikuli beisilah, Russia. Somebody who goes with the leniencies of beisilah and the leniencies of beishamai are considered a, a Russia. Then you have somebody that might want to go according to the stringencies of beishamai and the stringencies of beisilah. On that it says that the fool goes in the darkness. That a fool just, you know, you're just like, we don't even know what to do with you. We're just calling you a fool. Like, you're not a Russia because you're doing the stringent, the stringent thing. So how bad could it be? But, but you're just a fool. Because at the end of the day, you've got to be a rational, you got to be a rational person, I guess, to some degree. Um, it's kind of harsh to call someone a fool if they want to um, do the misvote in a more stringent. Because at the end yeah. of the day, you're not you're not really accomplishing anything. Because at the end of the day, this is the Torah created the mitzvot, and we're, we'll we'll discuss mm-hmm. later about how um, there were rabbis that were able to to find forty eight reasons why something should be pure and something should be impure, mm-hmm. etc. So. There's, there, there's a way of doing things that the, that the Torah created, you know, like the Torah created ways that everybody should go by. And, and this is, you know, if you're going to go according to Beishami, go according to his school, his, his, his way of, uh, of doing things. Beishilal, his way of, his way of, uh, of doing things. Um, so they're saying anybody that follows Shammai's? No, if you follow Shammai, that's fine. That's but okay. That's okay. But if you just go with Shammai's stringencies and Hillel's stringencies... Then that's- then that's consi- then you're just considered you're a fool. Just asking for more, yeah, work, so to speak. It's sort of like if you're in the army and the sergeant tells you, you know, come, we're going for like a long hike, and you say, can I bring the tent? Sure. <laughs> can I bring my bed? Yeah, bring my bed. You know, bring everything. I mean, it, yeah, you can bring everything. Sounds like, sounds like. But healthy. you're just a. But you're like the Marines. Can I can I bring this log? Yes, you Absolutely. have to bring the log. Yes. Yes. Can I bring this boat? No, but it's like Hell Week in the Marines, but you're bringing the log and the and the tank with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Right. So you, you could bring it, but you're just a fool. Like, why are you working extra? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. Tanks, but. Huh? Tanks, but no tanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So So now, if we're gonna Ella Ikebe Shame Kikulehen Ukehumurehen, Ikebe Silo Kikulehein Ukehumurehein. If you're going according to Beishami, you have to go according to his leniencies and his stringencies. If you're like Basilo, you go according to his leniencies and you go according to his stringencies. So now back to your question. Hagufakasha, that in itself is question You said earlier that the that the halach is like Basilo. And now you're telling me that I could go according to Beishami. Right, that was that, that mm-hmm. was your question. Bahadir Marta, and then you say and whoever wants to do like Beishami, they could do. So what's going on? Is the halacha like Beishilal, and therefore you have to follow Beishilal, or is the halacha like Beisham, or or is the or is the halacha is pick and choose, right or left? So the Gemara answers lo kasha kam kodem baskel kam laacher baskel. This is talking about the halacha like is basilo is talking about after the baskel a baskel is a heavenly voice that comes out and, and says and and determines certain things 
Kan la'achar baskel, this is after, after the baskel. So there was a baskel that came, a, a heavenly voice that came out and said that the halacha is like Beis Hillel. So this, like, this concept that we just mentioned, that whether you could say it's Ike Beis uh, that you could go according to Beis but you have to go according to all his ways, or Beis Hillel, and you have to go according to his whole, all, all his ways, is before, the, before we made that determination. And now that we made the determination, no, you can only go according to Beis and you can't go according to Beis a big question about that. Like we just learned actually with Rabbi Solish about the Rabbi Eliezer incident thing. With so, the, and then there was a bad call and they said to him, Torah was Torah no, no bad call yeah, no anymore. So how was that decided by a bad call? So, so, so that's what we're saying. So if you want, we can give you another answer. That both of them is happening after the baskel. But it's, we're going according to Rabbi Yeshua, like you just said, the Loi Meshkach Vasco, that he does not hold by the Basco, that he says, uh, there was, a, what's it called again, there were the, when Moses went up, to, went, up to, uh, went up to Sinai to get the Torah, the, the angels told, told God, why are you giving him the Torah, give us the Torah, he sins, they do all, the, they're, they're, what's it called again, we're, we're angels, we never <laughs> sin. So, uh, so one of the answers Moses gave him, Torah Lobash, the Torah Lobashamayim. It says clearly in the in the Torah that Torah Lobashamayim, that Torah is not in heaven. That Torah is for people down here. So, who, what is what is God up there's job, to, uh, or what's the Baskel up there determining the factors? What's baskel? that Baskel means a heavenly voice. Hmm. The translation he said, yeah, heavenly after the heavenly voice. That's the translation he gives there. Um, that why why are you giving a um, a uh, why is that determining factor? So 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 according to Rabbi Yeshua, he says that we don't go according to the Baskel, and since we don't know what the halacha is, so to speak, at this time when the Gemara was written, so therefore you could choose if you want to go according to Beis Hillel, you want to go according to Beis Shammai, but when you choose, you got to go with them all the way. There's no uh, picking where you where you want. The Yisema, and if you want, I could give you a third answer. Um, that as an example. Since Beishamai and Beisilal, these houses, they have uh, arguments. If you learn, when you learn the Talmud, you go. There's arguments all around Beisilal and Beishamai. One says this, one says that. The entire Mishnayot has these arguments. So we're using them as an example. We're trying to tell you, we're trying to teach you something that when you, when you, what's it called again, when you learn something and you don't know what the halach is, there's rabbis that say like this and there's rabbis that say like this, you can't choose and pick which rabbi you want so that way you could go with the leniencies of that and the, stri- and, the and, and, and the leniencies of that. Don't just choose all, all the leniencies. If you go with the rabbi, go with the rabbi all the way. It's just, it's trying to use it as an example but not as a uh, fixed thing since we said halacha ke beis hillel. Um, fine. Um, so why was always the halacha in Betilal? If it wasn't a bad call, we're 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 gonna get to that. I don't know if we'll get to it today. Time is at eight forty-six, but we, it does. We do discuss um, why why we went. Uh, if if it was a basco, why did the basco determine Beisilal and not Beishame? by the majority in those kind of things? So that would actually be a good answer because we'll get to it. Um, we don't always go by the majority. There's, I'm jumping ahead. So Beishamai was, the house of Beishamai was a, the, the smarter, you know, critics are always more strict. They're always more, you know, uh, serious. They're good at critiquing everything. And then you have, uh, and Hillel, they weren't as strict. So Shammai, since they were much more strict, they had the, the, the amount of, of, of 
their school of thought, the, the yeshiva of Beishamai was a smaller yeshiva. However, the yeshiva of Beisila was a larger yeshiva. So if you were to put all the rabbis of Beisila on one side of the scale and all, so technically Beisila had more people. But at the end of the day, when, when it comes to halacha, you don't only determine based on mob rule. You also have to determine based on logic, on smart, on, on whether it makes sense or not. So, so you have those two concepts. So therefore, you, you needed the Baskel to come and tell us, are we going after, so to speak, wisdom, smart, or are we going after, so to speak, the majority? But, but then the Baskel came and gave an answer, and, and we'll, say, we'll see later what the reason, what, what the reason was. Um, anyways. Now another another interesting uh, thing. When I was learning by Rabbi Akiva, I used to put which is virtual. When you make ink, there's like three components to ink or something. There's it's called it's like virtual. You know what this is? It's like some sort of iron sulfate that that combines the liquid with the pigment. I think you need to have a liquid, a pigment, and a com- this is to make ink? This is to make ink. I was reading it a little bit, not that I... Okay. Well, ask Sviki Krasniansky. There's a, one of the members here. He's a uh, scribe. How exactly? Um, so he used to put this into the ink. And Rabbi Kiva didn't mention anything whether I'm allowed to do it or I'm not allowed to do it, and that's it. Um, and I used to, that's how he used to make his ink when he used to write uh, Sifri Torah. And when I came to Rabbi Yishmael, I said to me, son, what is your job? Sounds like an American. Um, I'm a scribe. Make sure you're careful in your words. Your work is heavenly work. If you if you if you uh, miss a word or you add a, miss a letter or add a letter, you could destroy the entire world. So now, interesting thing about adding a word, like what what kinds of words are we talking about? Are we talking about certain sentences? Are we talking about the entire Torah? So, from one way of looking at it is, if he writes, say, if he skips, misses a letter, it says in the pasuk, "Hashem Kim Emes," and God God is true. What happens if you forget to put the aleph and you write, "Hashem Elokim Met," and God is dead? So that, that's then you have a new religion. You got a new religion, or Nietzsche. It's not original. Nietzsche. I mean, it is, this would be a, Nietzsche is not original because we already have it here. Uh, uh, yeah, God died already. Yeah, so he didn't even have a Nietzsche. <laughs> um, so, or or could we say that we know that, the, like we said earlier, that the Torah was written on black fire and white fire, and God looked into the uh, on white fire, and God looked into the Torah and created the world. That means every single letter in the Torah is how the world is created through through creations of the different letters of the name. So that means if you mess up one word, that means the Torah is now, is not is not in sync, so to speak. The code is, so to speak, broken. And when, when there's a, something broken in the code, the entire system could collapse, right? Does that make sense? It could, um, it could if, if everything is retroactive, but um, apparently uh, we don't really affect the past with the present. Um, unless, no, no, so I'm saying... Unless so, you're in God's time, then everything <laughs> is affecting everything. Right, so, that, so that's what... Um, that's what could... Um, so, that, so that's what's referring to. That does, doesn't just mean like certain words where it says God is dead or things like that, but it's referring to the entire, the entire Torah. Um... So let's continue. I have this one thing, and kantem is its name, this kind of uh, substance that he puts. And I put it into the ink. 
And he tells me, Do we, are we allowed to put ink, this kind of substance into the ink? Because this substance was basically made that the ink was permanent on the parchment. So it didn't, so it didn't scrape off, so therefore you would never have this problem of, of, of a letter missing or a letter not there. Um, in the Torah it says, It talks about by a sota, uh, a, a, a strayed woman, a woman that uh, that, that decides to you know ha- have questionable relations with another person, and we don't know whether she did or she didn't. And one of the ways to find out if she did have relations outside of her marriage is by giving her this uh, this potion to drink. And part of the potion, part of the one of the ingredients in the potion was you take the words that it, that the, talks about the, the 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 story of the sota of what a sota is and you erase the letters into the water and then she drinks that potion and that determines if she if she did have relations then she dies if she didn't she she go, she's she actually is able to have children if she didn't have children etc so um, is this an alaha that never that ever was enforced like the, is there was there actually a sotas like a sota that actually they like Washed the the letters from like this whatever parchment and. It's a good question. I don't know. And like some of those alachot, they look so like whoa. Like, like it there. like it talks about. I'll explain to you what a sota is. Like it also says about a ben sora rumora. So, also, I heard I, it, it never, never happened. happened. That we know never happened. Like a, a son that goes astray and does crazy, uh, eats a certain amount volume of meat, doesn't listen to his parents. He has to, and he has to be under the age of thirteen too. So. Doesn't sound like he did a whole lot bad either. I mean, yeah, so he eats meat. No, I'm saying it's it's more than that. <laughs> and he cursed his parents, and he ate the meat on the steps in front of his parents' house. Oh my gosh! And didn't offer them. You know how many American kids are eating more meat than this guy, and they're cursing their parents, and they're sitting in the front steps. Yeah. I, I was t- like seriously, especially in New York, a lot of steps. <laughs> so a sota is a woman that is married. And her husband accuses her of being with another man, but they don't know if they actually had relations. He warns her once. He has no proof. He has no proof. He warns her once, warns her a tw- second time, and, and he sees her, I believe, um, secluding himself with, with, with that man. And, since he, and, the, and so because he gave her two warnings and she still went ahead and secluded herself with this man, they have to determine whether she actually had relations or not for her to be able to go back to her husband. Once that happens, she's not allowed to have any more relations with her husband as well. So she's kind of in limbo right now. And now she, what's it called again? So she, so if, if she says that I actually had relations with this man, then she needs to get a divorce and she, it is what it is. It's, life moves on. If she's, she denies it and her, uh, if she denies it, then she has to drink this potion and then this potion determines whether she whether she had relations or not. And if she did have relations, she 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 will she, the potion will kill her. If she didn't have relations, then it says that she'll be if she was barren, she'll be able to have children, etc. Well, I thought that says something like that. Which that, basically means that death? I, yeah, her stomach will explode basically. Um, in today's day and age, they might be able to save her, but I guess in those days they well, weren't. I don't think you can save someone from an explosion. Appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> sure death. It could be. It's appendicitis that we're talking about. It could be it triggers an appendicitis. Could be. What does it even mean? Her womb falls. Your is her thigh. It's a thigh. It's not a womb. Like what? So then isn't she just paralyzed? Yeah, but usually Yerach, when it talks about Yerach, it's not referring to the thigh, per se. It's not? 
No. No. Circumcision. It's referring to your circumcision. Like, like it yeah, says when Mo, when when Abraham told uh, Elazar to give to 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 swear, he needed to hold on to a mitzvah. So he said, "Put your hand under my thigh." Right, because he was actually going like he said to the Brit Milah. Exactly. It wasn't the proximity. So you're saying so it, it says about woman? her thigh? So I, yeah, yeah. Thigh, I think it's the womb. Yeah. It's the it's that it's that area. I mean, we yeah. Um. And then if that happens, uh, and <clears throat> she's no longer allowed to have carnival relations. She's no more carnival relations. <laughs> uh, oh, right. Carnal, is it carnal relations? No, I think it's carnival. Cardinal. <laughs> cardinal relations. Cardinal. You can't have relations with the Pope. No cardinal <laughs> or none. No. No cardinal. Um, uh, so. So I'm have a, so so we just, so let's just finish off. We'll 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 conclude uh, over here. Um, it's ready, nine o'clock, um, and then we'll make sure. Oh, and then we'll get up to where the page is holding. Um, so Michael So so what 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 did he answer? So so technically you can you so based on what we just said that it has to be able to you have to be able to erase it. Um, so then you can put this uh, this kind of virtual virtual I pronounce it correctly this this thing that makes that it can't erase because it says that you have to erase it. So uh, my Carmel, my, my Carmel, what did he say? My Carmel, what did he answer? This is what he answered. I have no problem about adding or missing because I don't make mistakes. The because I am a, I am a so to speak, fluent. I know it all. There's no way I'm going to make a mistake. That I'm, I'm, the reason why I do put it in this uh, in this ink because I'm afraid that when I do write it before it before it dries, a fly will let's say fall on a letter and create a division between between the letters. Uh, dirt. What? Piece of dirt. Or dirt. He might fall on the on the on the dalit. And erase it, and turn it. and he'll turn it into a into a race. You know, on the, the dalit, on the on the and the dalit is uh, is the, the the line is 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 like a two uh, one third in versus a race. It's right at it's right at the end. So he might uh, So in order to prevent that, I have this thing that I put in, into the the ink. So basically, what Rameir kind of was arguing with Rabbi Yishmael, and he holds that it's okay to put this uh, this kind of uh, substance into the ink, to as long as it you know as long as it's there and it dries, because he holds that the that the pasuk it says v'kasafumach is referring to only a sot. It's not referring to a Torah. It's referring that when you write on when you write the 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 the, the parsha. For a sota, you have to write it with ink that ha- that could be erased. But when you're writing a Torah, meaning when they when a sota came, they didn't go to the Torah and cut out the parsha of the sota and then erase it and put it into the right. into the thing. They wrote a they had a scribe that wrote a separate uh, writing a mezuzah. Right? Exactly, writing a mezuzah, writing its film, and and that halacha is pertaining to that to that particular thing. Oh, stop. Uh, we'll stop here.